The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's going for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed Spittin' Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Engel. So, uh, Scotty, I run out and I pick up Aldrick Robinson, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, like cut Dunk Baldwin. Yeah, what the hell, right? <laughs> uh, probably one of the most exciting, if, if not the most exciting Thursday night game, you know, that we've ever seen. I don't know what the high point total is on a th- for Thursday night game, but usually I remember Thursday, last Thursday, week Thursday last night games are Rams. very, 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 very like often like moribund, and you worried about the score being kept down and stuff like that. And last night was an unexpected shootout and very entertaining. Absolutely, I do remember last year also involving the Rams. I think it was a week two or a week three against San Francisco. If you remember that, where they were, it was they were both in the forties, or it was something like that as yeah. well. But maybe it's the Rams are the secret, uh, the secret uh, ingredient of a shootout on Thursday Night Football. The Rams get a win, thirty-eight to thirty-one. I'm going to tell you right now, these guys in Vegas, they know how to make some lines, huh? Maybe not the total, because uh, you know you were saying it was, you know, maybe a dud. Blue it was saying maybe this would be a dud, but sixty-nine points are put up, and the Rams get this win, thirty-eight to thirty-one. I talk about the lines because you could have seen this at six and a half. You might have seen this at seven. You might have seen this at seven and a half. So hopefully you got it at seven and a half if you were taking the points. Hopefully you got it at six and a half if you were riding with the favorite Rams. But both quarterbacks put up numbers, Scott. I was joking with you before we went on air. We're in a league together, right, where you actually, unfortunately, had Jared Goff on your bench. But it's okay because 
you had Kirk Cousins in your lineup, Jared Goff goes for 465 yards and five touchdowns. Kirk Cousins goes for 422 yards and three touchdowns. Production from the wide receiver position all over the place, Scott. Adam Thielen, 8 for 135 and a tud. Stephon Diggs, 11 for 123. And then, listen, honestly, I thought in the second half, after Cup already had two touchdowns, uh, Cooks had a touchdown, Gurley had a touchdown. Literally, Scott, Woods I think he had then a touchdown. started. Right, that's what I was going to say. In the second half, I think he literally started looking for Robert Woods to make sure he spread the ball around and keep the entire fantasy herd happy. And then Woods gets a touchdown, too. It's like they're all on Oprah. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Production for all last night, Scotty. Pretty much, except for, uh, you know, the Minnesota running backs, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but Jared Goff, the most passing yards for a Rams quarterback since 2005. The most uh, passing touchdowns in a game since 1999. I guess if you really want to link that history together, I mean, to me, they're two different teams. The St. Louis Rams and the Los Angeles Rams. They're asking Cooper Cup about, you know, Kerb Warner. I'm like, you know, they wore Rams uniforms, but uh, to me, they're different teams. You know, well, you know, what's the linkage there? But, uh, you know, with Jared Goff, you know, I just want to throw out that word of caution, though. It was a great night, you know, especially if you, if you played a six-point touchdown pass per league. But, again, it's one player in one game. You know, I remember in 2014, Peyton Manning threw seven touchdowns in a game. And, I, you know, right. I was one of some people that actually lost that week. So you can't overreact to one player in one game. You're behind, but... Who knows if your quarterback blows up on Sunday? So, you know, nothing is final. Absolutely. I remember uh, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, we were saying the same thing as it related to A.J. Green. We were like, a lot of people were like, oh, I played against A.J. Green. My week is over. And we're like, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a lot a of A lot games. of people lost with A.J. Green, yeah. Yeah, a lot of games to be played. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of people had some good production. This was a very high-scoring game. You make a good point, though, Scott, except for the Minnesota running backs. Um, we were on this, though. Okay, we were saying that while Dalvin Cook was likely going to play, we gave out a number of reasons yesterday why we would be potentially concerned, the most of which was the usage, right? We, I personally was worried maybe Latin Murray would eat into some usage. And... Dalvin Cook, only 10 carries for 20 yards, but it wasn't necessarily the usage, Scott. It was the case that, and we're going to see this, I think we are going to see this with any team that plays the Rams and maybe any team that plays the Chiefs as well. They are going to get forced into a shootout, and they are going to have to abandon their game plan pretty early. So, for example, Scott, you know, if we take this same kind of theory, Monday night, the Broncos are playing the Chiefs, right? Are they going to have to get out of their game plan like fairly quickly? Does that maybe mean Royce Freeman is a problem and Philip Lindsay is the only back to worry about because it's got to be the PPR back because you have to just try to keep up scoring against the Rams or the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah that can happen. And, you know, the Chiefs have allowed the most receiving yards to running backs in the NFL so far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm liking Philip Lindsay. As a flex play, you know, of course, you make an excellent point, which a lot of fantasy players know that, uh, you know, the PPR back, if a team's going to play catch-up mode, I think you're going to see that a lot with Tennessee. You know, Deion Lewis should start putting up better numbers because, you know, the team doesn't have a reliable receiving crew that might play right. from behind, et cetera. You know, so it's, it's real, you know, and you'll see that with the Patriots. Two, yeah. Sony Michelle may be the goal line hammer starting this week, but, 
you know, they're not talking about playing catch-up, but some guys just have that defined role as the pass catching back, and others don't. Even the Raiders. The Raiders are going to play from behind. You know, that makes Jalen Rashard, you know, worth some depth. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, Scott, on a certain level, we 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 think about kind of what anticipated game flow or game script might be and how you could potentially take advantage of that. I'm just saying if you got people facing the Rams or facing the Chiefs, there is a chance that, you know, game script might go to an extreme when we talk about this. Scotty, also got to let people know if you enjoy playing DFS, but you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY right now, you can elect to get a 50% deposit bonus. So no more late scratches, no more experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag enter the promo code FNTSY today. That's mybookie.ag Scotty, we're going to talk to Dr. A a little bit later on in the show. We're going to help people with all their uh, kind of injury concerns because there's a lot of people with that good old questionable tag, and we were talking about that yesterday. But before we do that, I want to ask you about some things, Scott, that were not necessarily in the box score. And to be quite honest, maybe not huge for fantasy, but still, you know, were big parts of the game in my opinion. First of all, Scott, Kirk Cousins mismanaged the end of the first half like crazy, okay? They were going down the field, right? And uh, they get to about the 20-yard line, whatever it was, with, with like 20 seconds left on the clock. Then I'm like, oh, they're just going to spike it. And they had a timeout left, Scott. They don't spike it. They let the clock run all the way down to like five seconds, and then they got to, you know, just try it for the field goal instead of being able to do anything. Uh, they could have had more shots to the end zone. I thought that was a bad job out of Kirk Cousins there. Yeah, you know, they were playing catch up the whole way too. It was it was really it was really frenetic. Uh yeah. you know, the thing that stands out most to me though is, you know, Minnesota's been exposed. Look at my Minnesota Houston Super Bowl prediction. You know, the two of them combined what right now they're like one win. They're like they're like they have one win, you know, in and seven I think games. uh in in seven games and like and you know, this defense, you know, this team has been really exposed over the last two weeks. You know, you talk about reputation and so many fantasy people bench Jared Goff and Cooper Cup last night and saw it on social media just because of the matchup. And all of a sudden, you know, this this team looks like, you know, they're only good on paper and that's it. Yeah, you know, as you know, remember, Scotty, uh, yes, you picked the Minnesota Vikings to go a long way. I had the Packers in the NFC North. We differed on that one, but it is still kind of early in the season. Uh, the first Time quarter, turn you know, around, a lot of yes. times. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I hear a lot of coaches talk about how they divide the segment into quarters. And now the Minnesota Vikings have had their first four games. Uh, they went one, two, and one in those first four games. I would say, you know, the idea that they lose at the Rams is not a horrible thing. The idea that they tie the Packers is not a horrible thing. But that loss to Buffalo is really going to wind up could wind up being a problem for the Minnesota Vikings. Scotty, another thing I thought was very interesting, you know, and, and to me it speaks to 
kind of the confidence that the Rams have right now. You see the young play caller, Sean McVay, you know, jumping around and high-fiving people and stuff like that. But they are so confident in their offense that they can go ahead on the opponent's 36-yard line when up eight points in the middle of the third quarter, they could decide that the right play is not to just straight up go for it on like a fourth and one, not to attempt a 53-yard field goal, not to just punt it, but to fake punt and have the punter throw one down the sidelines. Now, I know, Scott, you're right. They've done this before with this punter, but that's really aggressive, huh, Scotty? Fake punt from the opponent's 36 when you're up by eight? Look, you know, this is who Sean McVay is. You know, he's very aggressive, and, you know, I've seen him do it with John Hecker before. You know, the interesting thing to me about this offense and this approach, one of my favorite analysts on NFL.com is Bucky Brooks, and, you know, always following his tweets during games, and last night he said, you know, basically the Rams are running a high school offense. It's, and, you know, just like, just like totally dazzling, you know, the Vikings with, with, uh, you know, just a lot of like jet sweeps, you know, and, uh, you know, not complicated things. It's really about the execution and the talent, you know, on this, Mm -hmm. this offense. They are, they are so incredibly diverse to the point where like their third wide receiver, Robert Woods, you could start him on a fantasy team every week. Yeah, absolutely. And, Scott, here's here's my question for you because, you know, I know you are an expert on a specific team up in the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, about four or five years ago, whatever, when that defense really was in their heyday, when that team was, you know, a perennial Super Bowl contender and going to two Super Bowls back-to-back, I would say the same thing about that Seattle defense, right? They played a fairly basic scheme, but the reason it was so great is because of the talent they had, the execution they had, and the kind of way they were so connected together. It's not like scheme-wise they were doing much. They were playing straight up, right, Scott, for the most part, that Seattle defense? Yeah, that's an, you know, an excellent analogy. You know, it's like we're going to play it straight up. You know what's try and beat us. But but you try and beat us, you know, and you know, it was very impressive in terms of, you know, the league was more of a passing league in that era than any than any other it's become. You know, which makes it more impressive about, you know, how that defense plays. You know, look at the NFL over the past 15 years. It turned into a passing league and right. you know, when they when they beat the crap out of the Broncos in the Super Bowl, that was the mm-hmm. best passing offense of all time and they they built, they nearly shut them out. So that's what I'm saying, though. The Rams might be doing something similar on offense, right? Yes. To your point about what Bucky Brooks said, right? It's not like they're doing stuff so fancy. It's just that the skill and the talent and the execution is just so strong right now. I mean, to be quite honest, Scott, that um, the, the, the long touchdown to – Cooks, I believe, and the long one to Cup, there were defenders right there. There was decent coverage on the long touchdown to Cooks, okay? The defender's hand was right there. He might have even deflected it. It was just such a perfect throw. You're seeing that also on some of these balls on the sideline, just a perfect throw, you know, and, and similar to what we're seeing with a lot of teams, when you have that young quarterback in their second or third year who takes that step forward with that offense, it also allows you um, you know team roster composition wise financially wise to go out and get people left and right we talked about how a keep to was gone but they still have Sam Shields step on in you saw uh, Indomitian Sue uh, with I would brag about that 
But I'm saying, you saw Indomik and Sue make plays last night. You saw them go out and get Brandon Cooks. They were able to sign their offensive lineman, uh, Habersham. They were able to extend Aaron Donald. They were able to extend Todd Gurley. And a lot of it is due to the money they are saving with Jared Goff still on his rookie contract. Yeah, and yet some they- of the young playmakers like Cup, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and it's it's you know it's not just what Goff is surrounded with, but you know he's making perfect throws, like you say. But he's getting protection, he's getting excellent yeah. play calling. You know, he has excellent complement. It's everything. You know, did you point back to the Seahawks too? Like about when they were coming up, you know, they were paying they were paying Russell Wilson and you know those those a lot of those defensive players like rookie salaries, so they were they were able to like load up at yep. some other other positions, et cetera, and, you know, work the salary cap. And, Absolutely. you know, that, that goes back to an organization like smart drafting, you know, good front yep. office personnel. And, you know, the Rams are going to are gonna contend for a while. You know, it's, uh, yep. you know, they, the defense didn't play good last night. You know, they came out. We, I, I, I right, thought that's how the Vikings breaks. were going to come <laughs> out, you know, and, like, immediately throw on them. Marcus Peters didn't look 100%. And Sam Shields was awful last year, and he was awful last night. But, you know, the offense, to its credit, you know, they played really well against a defense with an excellent reputation that's now been shattered. Yeah, and to our point with the roster composition, you know, Russell Wilson was an example with that Seahawks team. Carson Wentz, an example from the Eagles last year. And yep. now Jared Goff as well. You got that window if you get a good rookie, if you get a good quarterback on their rookie contract. Last thing I want to mention from this game, Scott, that I thought was interesting. Adam Thielen got pulled from the field on a big time on a big third and ten spot when the uh, Vikings were trying to you know stick with the team on the in the third quarter I think it was you know and it wasn't the refs it wasn't the team it was like from upstairs they called a timeout almost like they were going to review a play and then they pull Adam Thielen out um, I know we're suppo- we're going to start seeing that but it was jarring to see that because Thielen was not happy no he wasn't you know he felt he shouldn't he came out of the game but. Uh... You know, Inside Injuries was actually tweeting on a tweeting on social media that this was a smart thing to do. You know, they they want to protect the player. And you know what? He was right that he was okay. So he only missed one snap. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a third and ten. It was a big snap. Hey, we'll talk about Inside Injuries a little bit more because we're going to have our guy Dr. A join the show. A lot of players that we're talking about this week are coming back from injury. You want to know if they're going to play this week. You know, Leonard Fournette, Jay Ajayi, Shady McCoy. Is Doug Baldwin okay to come on back? We're going to ask our Dr. A from Inside Injuries. One injury real quick, though, unfortunately, Scott. Our guy Jake Butt from Denver. It looks like he may have gone down yesterday non-contact knee injury and walkthrough yeah this is like his third yeah. same type of knee injury here so it's a problem uh i don't know i might have to get rid of him in dynasty league too yeah it's unfortunate because a lot of people lo- like the potential he had but unfortunately it's a long Stephanie. road back long road back for uh jake butt when we come back dr a we talk about all these banged up guys and uh how concerned you should be Dan and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, coming right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom! 
Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, you gotta let the people know that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusive single entry contests. It's fun, it's a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They've got great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. That's at FantasyFactor.com. A little bit later on in the show, Scott and I are going to give out our Survivor picks for the week. There's some options, in my opinion. We'll give out our Against the Spread picks as well. But first, we welcome in our guy, Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. You can't predict injuries, but Dr. Ray and the guys over at Inside Injuries do the best job possible, and we bring him in now to talk about some of the players that you may have little red dots next to you on your roster. Hey, Dr. A, how you doing? You're back on Roto Experts in the morning. We've missed you. Good morning, guys. How, how's it going this morning? Good. We're Good hanging in there. there. We're hanging in there. We saw a lot of, you know, production last night in that Thursday night football game. We know your Atlanta Falcons continue to get banged up in the secondary, losing Ricardo Allen. So, you know, we're, we, we, we're sorry for you on that. The first guy I want to ask you about, Dr. A, and I wanted to ask you about it last week also. We didn't get a chance uh, to talk. I want to ask you about Shady McCoy, okay, because they're talking about this rib cartilage. And when he got injured originally – Doc, they, they, they said they made the distinction that it was not a broken rib, that it was broken rib cartilage. Dr. A, what's the difference and why is one easier than the other? And what do you expect out of Shady McCoy in the near future? So uh, rib cartilage is lining every single rib, um, just like any other cartilage in a joint. And so what happens is when you, when you um, uh, fracture the cartilage, it's actually a lot uh, more painful and harder to heal because it's not a bone. If you fracture the bone, then, you know, it'll start to heal and new bone starts to form. But the cartilage is really, really hard to pain manage. And that's why uh, McCoy, um, with his rib cartilage fracture, he actually is a great, it's a grade two injury for us, uh, um, you know, at Inside Injuries. And so right now, He's at, uh, you know, healthy to return on week five. And, and so not, you know, uh, you know, he's expected to come back this week, but we feel that this injury will significantly impact him. And because he's a running back, we've always talked about rib injuries with running backs. It's, um, you know, they get hit, every, they get hit all the time in their, in, in their upper, uh, upper body. And so you know that uh, the defense is going to be going after that particular area of McCoy's body, and it's just going to worsen everything. So, he needs another extra week to make it heal so that, you know, uh, he doesn't experience a ton of pain because that's really the side effect. It's a ton of pain. So, and we had him at high injury risk, you know, before the season started. So this is one of many things from McCoy, unfortunately, for the rest of the year. Make sure you always check out the Inside Injuries Roundups on rotoexperts.com. And, uh, Doc, yeah, what about Doug Baldwin? He's got problems in both knees, but he's been able to return to limited practice sessions this week. And Pete Carroll's sounding optimistic about he'll return. Do you think he'll play this week? And if he does, how effective can he be? 
Uh, a, I don't think he should play this week. B, if he does, he'll be not as effective as you want him to be. And C, he should be given an extra week, and he should get, his healthy to return is week five. Mainly because, if you guys remember, he missed all of preseason, right, with a left knee injury that was kind of undisclosed. We're predicting that that was actually a small meniscus tear based on all the information that we got. And now he has a grade 2 MCL sprain. With all the other previous injuries that he's had, he was always at elevated high injury risk in the season. He's like one of those high-risk, high-reward guys that you have to be prepared for. And now he's at 28%. He's going to remain at high injury risk pretty much the rest of the season. And so, you know, um, and, his, and his health will not get above, above average. You I know, mean, I don't think he'll get back into peak health. Again, one of these guys that has a chronic string of these types of injuries, you'll see them recur over and over again throughout the season. So, you know, from a fantasy What did Baldwin have knee injuries in the past? Um, you know, I don't know the exact dates. Uh, but over the last three years, um, he has had lower extremity injuries, and I do uh, I do think that a couple of them have been knee injuries. I'm not 100% sure exactly the type because it's not in front of me, but, um, you know, he's had he's had a multitude of other injuries, including lower extremity injuries in the past. Yeah, which is interesting because, he, like, he's played through them before, but, you know, now that's, like, the first time he's actually, uh, you know, missing time. Dane? Yeah, so another guy, Dr. Ray, you talk about these guys that are chronic. You talk about these guys that are always banged up in the same way. And, Dr. Ray, I don't know that there's any player that we've asked you about more in the last couple of years than Leonard Fournette. It seems like Leonard Fournette is always banged up. He's had, a, he's had lower extremity injuries, like you say, all the way back since LSU and college, to be quite honest. He's got a hamstring now. And, 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 and talk to me about, you know, kind of his process because I, I can understand and, you know, the knee bone's connected to the hip bone. Is he at risk if he keeps on going out there of compensation kind of injuries, of other body parts starting to get banged up as well? Talk to me about Leonard Fournette, his current hamstring injury, and what that means overall in terms of, you know, compensation. So, you know, the interesting thing is, you're right, everything is connected to each other. The biomechanics, uh, performance mechanics, all intertwine you know when you have an injury you're playing through on one side it could definitely affect another body part so Leonard Fournette's case obviously you know the foot and the ankle have been issues um, you know throughout college this is a grade one hamstring injury so it's not just a minor tweak they required a little bit more time and they actually have taken the time you know our healthy to return was um, you know basically uh, uh, week three so they're being even more cautious than that and so when he comes back in week four if it was truly a grade one hamstring injury if he should be okay however elevated injury risk he's at 20 percent right now after our after he passes our healthy to recover so you know that 20 percent is really on the cusp of elevated to high he is he's at peak health but man i will tell you that he has a 20 percent chance of getting some sort of injury in the next game. I mean, he's at, he's at that market, one in five chance. So everyone's got to be really aware of that. I mean, this guy can go off for a bazillion points for you, but he will get injured again this season, wow. and it's likely to happen one in every five at this point. What about Jay Ajayi? Uh, you know, he's, he's practicing in full, but he did tell reporters that he's, he's, got, a, he's got a back fracture. 
Yeah, I think it's one of these very tiny transverse process fractures. You guys remember those, right? Uh, Cam Newton had uh, Cam Newton sure. had it, and there's a couple other guys that had it. You and Tony Tardy Romo, Romo baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And so you know, you can play through a transverse process fracture. It is like an inconsequential, you know, sort of muscles attached to it. But when it comes to the spine, it, it's not like a serious, serious type of fracture. However, you know, really he should allow it to, it to heal, um, you know, for another two weeks. So we actually have him uh, healthy to return now on week six. So if he plays in this game with all of the previous injuries, and we had him at 19% before the season. That was elevated to high again. Right now he's at 29%, one, almost one out of three injuries. So, you know, like these guys try to push themselves to come back. But like you guys said, he's gonna, they're going to be gunning for it. And, 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 you know, if he tries to compensate for that side, you know, he could tweak a hamstring on the other side. I mean, don't be surprised to see this game or next game that there will be an, a, a sort of a compensatory type injury, and then you then you see that he's out until week ten. You know, so this is a this is sort of like that right sort of chemistry soup where you know he goes out and tries to play, and then he winds up with another compensatory injury. Just from like you when you're watching him, if he does play, like that's some one of the things that you have to look out for. Wow, Dr. Ray saying, you know, it, it could be the perfect storm when it comes to Leonard Fournette and Jay Ajayi in terms of more injuries. Um, listen, one of the best players in the NFL, Dr. Ray, that we haven't talked about yet is Aaron Rodgers with that knee injury, right? We saw him go down, get carted off the field and come back. We heard that he had maybe a similar injury in high school. And the question the, – the, the, Statement I've heard from both him and maybe the coach as well, McCarthy, is that he wasn't at risk of injuring it further, right? So can you tell me a little bit, what does that mean? Like, what are injuries? What's the difference when they say an injury like, oh, they, they can't injure it any further, so it's okay to play through it, versus something you can, like, hurt more? What is the case with Aaron Rodgers, and why are they saying that, you know, he could play through it because, like, they're not going to injure it anymore? What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, so if it's a tweak of the MCL or a little bit of a strain, he himself can't injure it anymore, meaning without getting hit. But oh, all okay. bets are off, you know, like all bets are off if he gets tackled and he gets, you know, he's running and he, there's so many different scenarios that can happen in a football game, right? So, you know, to throw a guy out there, I mean, look, he's Aaron Rodgers. If he says he's going to play, he wants to play. He won't, do, he won't do any more damage to that knee. But, you know, again, scenarios happen, um, and, you know, they could worsen that MCL. We're predicting that it was an MCL injury based on everything that we have. Um, and, you know, he's at peak health um, right now, but that, that MCL and knee puts him into elevated injury risk um, at 19%. So he's playing with a 19% injury risk, and all it takes, as you guys know, is one offside hit or something and blindside kind of fails and he gets hit from the back or something happens and that knee or whatever gets tweaked. And, you know, as you guys know, that kind of stuff can happen. He's less mobile, as you guys can see, right? So, you know, he's got, he has to change his playing style because of this injury. And whenever a quarterback does that, it always results in further injury at some point in the season. 
Keenan Allen has missed two consecutive days of practice. Uh, there are some ins- indications from the Chargers that uh, is precautionary. Should we be concerned about his week four status? Absolutely, you should. And, um, you know, Keenan Allen is one of these guys that is, you know, he, he finally got to health, like he got to a good spot on our metric board before the season. Um, you know, he was like a little asterisk guy with a low injury risk. However, this one little injury, grade one knee injury, okay, has put him from low injury risk at 11% to high injury risk at 36%. You guys know over the last three seasons, Keenan Allen's medical file. I mean, you just go to our app and website, you'll see it's like a full page, you know? And so... Um, and so it, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, to this particular injury, he'll come back. In, we, he should come back at week five and, you know, sort of recovered from this injury. But look out, guys. This is one of many injuries this year to come. Um, it was sort of like, you know, our algorithm was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then once he got an injury, it's like, all right, that's it. You're never, ever going to get back to low injury risk, you know. And so – it's 36% right now. He won't get past 30%, one, in, one out of three. So just look out. What, what's his health performance factor for this week? Below average, 46%. So he's not he's – not, he'll go up to above average, I think, if he waits till week five. But if, he, if it's right now, it'll be right around 50%, you know, out of 100. So he's not, he's not uh, anywhere near, you know, in our books, ready to come back this week. Wow, maybe uh, if the Chargers get up big, they could uh, pull Keenan Allen, get him some more of the rest that it sounds like he needs. Dr. A, let me get you out of here on this one. The Indianapolis Colts tight end has been something of a mass unit. Jack Doyle already has a hip. He's going to be sidelined. But in you know, this means more opportunity or has in the last couple of weeks for Eric Ebron. But now Eric Ebron you know, is banged up. He's got a shoulder. He's got a knee. He did return to a limited practice yesterday. Talk to me about Eric Ebron. Are you comfortable with him out there this week? So, um, you know, he, it's actually, a, you're right, it's a grade one knee and a grade one shoulder. So he actually has two sort right. of minor injuries. He's a tight end, right? Um, you know, the knee injury may even be not as, as bad as a grade one. Um, you know, this, is, this guy's a little bit of a warrior. You know, he plays through injuries. He only missed three games in 2016. But um, right now we're seeing that he should not play this week. He should wait till week five because this grade one shoulder – you know, uh, it's going to take two weeks to definitively uh, give him enough time to heal back down to close to low injury risk. He's at elevated right now. He was at low. He should be able to get down to low if he waits till week five. If he plays this week, he'll stay at elevated injury risk, and his, his health performance factor will be right around below average to above average if he plays this week. So he shouldn't play this week. Yeah, he was able, actually able to practice in full uh, yesterday. But real quick, Doc, before you go, A.J. Green, you confident in him this week? Nope. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm such a Debbie Downer for all the players you gave me this time. But, like, yeah, really? you know, God, you know, like, but, but these are guys, like A.J. Green with his history, you know, this is a pelvis injury. It's kind of like that blunt force trauma one. It's not a tweak of anything. However, based on everything we're looking at, he's at 26% injury risk and below average at 56%.
our, our HTR saying week five, not this week, but week five. And if he goes to week five and, and rests, he'll be back down to closer to low injury risk and back up to peak health. But, you know, this is where teams throw players in there because they try to get something out of them, and then they sort of worsen the situation a little bit. All right, Dr. A. Well, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us on Roto Experts in the morning. Do me a favor. Try to avoid the blunt force trauma yourself, okay, my friend? <laughs> I will try to do that. But I'm not yeah. in a motor vehicle accident every Sunday, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. The deck is stacked in your favor. It's not the perfect storm like it is with uh, Leonard Fournette and with Jay Ajayi. So hopefully you're, uh, you remain at peak health, my friend, and hopefully we get to talk to you <laughs> again you. next week. Have a great weekend, man. You got too. Thanks. Hey, Scott, that was really interesting. You know, he's talking great about stuff. some of these. Yeah, great stuff. We're talking about the elevated risk of guys like Leonard Fournette and Jay Ajayi. My question for you, Scott, Dr. A painted a pretty bleak picture, pretty much saying like he, they will miss time later on this season. Would you take that information? And would you start to maybe um, dangle those guys in trade if, there's, if, you, if you're worried about their health down the season? Heck yeah, I have Doug Baldwin. You know, I, I traded him this week, so yeah, you know, I I I, I, I traded him uh, two two days ago. I think I think I told you about it. You yeah. know, in a, in a deal to get, you know, I I traded Doug Baldwin and Carrion Johnson to get Alex Collins right. and Tyler Lockett. So if I know that a guy is out there and he's injured and the information's out there. I'll try to float him out there because, you know, some people will take on an injured guy if they think he's going to play. It's up to, my, it's up to me to do what the, with the information, uh, what I will, and it's up to the other owner whether he wants to take the risk or not. You know, I'm not doing anything uh, unethical by floating an injured sure. player out there. If, if you want to hit accept and you want to take the chance, go ahead. That's on you. Yeah, and, you know, your team composition might be something that you are really good right now, and you're looking to build opportunity for later on in the season. You know, there's people that want that for later on. We'll see, you know, but on we go. Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When we come back, Scott and I make our three picks against the spread, and we make our survivor pick as well. Come on back. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mauna! It was a black night, a clear white moon. Sky night. We're making it happen here on Roto Experts in the morning. It is a football Friday. Great stuff from Dr. A. We were just talking about which players you maybe need to be a little bit more concerned about long term. We talked about Thursday night football where there was production aplenty as the Rams got a 38-31 to win and they go to 4-0 on the season. Scotty, what do you think the total would be set at if the Rams played the Chiefs? The Rams played the Chiefs probably 114. 
I know, right? It'd be absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, but in any event, we are about to make some picks right now. Okay, we got to do our three picks against the spread or with totals. We got to do our survivor picks, Scotty. I got to tell you something. Blewett is ahead of both of us in our picks. He's got a two-game lead on both of us, Scotty. You and I are tied. But I don't know if you heard FST yesterday, Scotty. Um, Blewett was so confident that he made one of his three picks be from last night's game, and he took an L already. So we've got an opportunity to gain some ground on Blewett. He made one of his picks the under on last night's game, and as we all know, that did not turn out. Let's start with our survivor picks, Scotty, okay? Um, I, I got banged out last week. I admit it, I, like most of the free world, had the Minnesota Vikings, but the Buffalo Bills uh, banged me out. I'm 2-1 and one in my survivor pick so far. This week, give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers, Scotty, because, listen, they're facing San Francisco first week without Jimmy Garoppolo. And quite frankly, the Chargers are a team who a lot of people, including the spitting statistician, thought were going to go very far in the playoffs. They're sitting at 1-2, and two, all right? I don't think it's anything to be you know, too concerned about because their losses were to the Chiefs and the Rams, two of, you know, two teams that are undefeated and looking like the two best teams in the league. But they need to get this win. They are at home against a team with a backup quarterback right now. I think the Chargers, they're like 10-point favorites. I think they get the win at home to even their record. I see no way C.J. Beathard goes in and beats the Chargers. Give me Los Angeles as a survivor pick. Who are you taking in survivor, Scotty? Yeah, just for those who have may have used the Chargers already, I'm going to say Green Bay because after what they saw, what happened last week with the Vikings, they'll be like, no way is that happening with us. It, it's just not. And, you know, they're at home. They're, you know, they're at Lambeau, and they really need a pick-me-up victory. Uh, I was strongly considering Seattle going into Arizona, but I got to go with them with the home team and uh, take the Packers. Yeah, I like that. And also, Scotty, when you say with Seattle, I like to stay away from divisional matchups in this one as well, you know, because you never can ha- you never can tell. You know how they always say, like, throw it out the window. So you're going with the yeah. Packers in Survivor. I'm going with the Chargers. We'll get Blewett's pick next hour on FST. All right, you know, Scotty, I'm looking at these picks. I'm looking at these spreads. And one of the spreads changed from yesterday to today in a way that I love. Before, the New England-Miami game was a seven-point spread yesterday. I guess there's some late money coming in on Miami because now it's six and a half. So it went right below a touchdown. So I'm hammering it all day long. Give me the Patriots minus six and a half. I think that we've been saying it all week. I believe they're going to go – At home, they are going to make a statement. Remember, they have been on the road the last two weeks at Jacksonville, at Detroit. They're one and two. This is kind of this is a big game in the AFC East. I mean, you know, if Miami were to win this game and go to four and oh, it would leave the Patriots at one and three, three games back with a heads up loss to Miami in New England. That would be a scenario. I know we don't say you can't, you know, it's the first quarter of the season, but that would be something of a mountain to climb, even for Tom. Brady I don't think it happens I think they make a statement I think they come out pissed off I think they boat race the Dolphins so I'll lay the six and a half points give me New England okay I'll give you one of my first picks I think Dallas really needs a victory uh, at home against Detroit I'm going to take Dallas minus three here the Lions have the worst rushing defense in the NFL although they do have the pass defense you know it's kind of skewed there uh, you know, this sets up well for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Dallas has a pretty good defense here. I'm going to take Dallas. 
Okay, so fair enough. So you're going with Dallas um, at home, giving the field goal, I believe it is, uh, to the Detroit Lions. There's one pick from Scotty. My second pick, Scotty, I go to Monday Night Football. I go to Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs have been going crazy on offense, right? They are in Denver to take on the Broncos. The total in this game, Scott, was 56 the other day. It's now, it's gone down a little bit, but it's still 54 and a half. I'm not saying that, you know, it all gets shut down. But I just think 54-and-a-half is a little bit too much. I think um, the Denver defense is strong. I think they're going to be able to not, like, completely stop Patty Mahomes, but I think it's going to be a little bit more of a grind-out game than you think. Denver, a division more familiar opponent than what the Chiefs have been seeing in the past. Maybe they know a little bit about what to expect, and I just think that they're going to kind of slow the game down a little bit. I think this game is going to be closer and lower scoring than Vegas thinks, so I'm taking the under on Monday Night Football. Kansas City and Denver, last I saw it was in the mid-50s. It is now at 54-and-a-half. Give me the under on Monday night football as my second pick. That's interesting. You know, there's no way I would take the under in that game. You know, the Denver mm-hmm. defense, especially in the secondary, has been very disappointing. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take it you know, against against the spread here. I'm I'm definitely going with the Seahawks uh, minus three mm-hmm. and a half over Arizona. Arizona has the worst offense in the NFL. They're starting a rookie quarterback. Their defense has not played well either. Uh, you know, the rookie quarterback facing the team that's leading the NFL in interceptions right now. They give up deep plays. You know, they're not good on the, on the, on the offensive line. Seattle's defensive line played really well last week. Seattle just overmatches them just about everywhere on the field. Uh, I think the Seahawks definitely take this one. Seahawks has road favorites, giving three and a half. That extra half point, Scotty. I always fear the hook, but uh, I hear you there. Three and a half points. The Seattle Seahawks are road favorites going into Arizona for Josh Rosen's first career start. My last pick, Scotty. I've been all week. All week, I said it when I gave out DFS lineups. I said it a lot of times when people are like, oh, when we were doing the waiver wire ads, we were talking about Tyler Boyd. We were talking about Andy Dalton. We were talking about Tyler Eifert. We were talking about this new offensive line improved for the Cincinnati Bengals. We were talking about the injuries in the back half. For the Atlanta Falcons, having already lost Keon O'Neal, having already lost our guy Dion, not Dion James, but Dion Jones, having <laughs> lost now Ricardo Allen, I think this is going to be kind of a back-and-forth game, the Bengals and Falcons at 53-and-a-half, okay? I think this is going to be a kind of back-and-forth game. I think this is going to be a game where it could be like the last team with the ball, you know, kind of scores. This could be a game where even if the Falcons get up big, the back door could be open for Andy Dalton. And we know that the Falcons have struggled over the last, I guess, a year and a half of when they're in the red zone actually punching it in. All those things mean to me that four, four and a half, five points, whatever you're getting, is too much for the Falcons to give. So give me the Cincinnati Bengals with the points. This has moved also in my direction, okay, Scotty? It was it was Cincy with five and a half points. It's going down to like four and a half, which means the money is coming in on Cincinnati. I will add to that. Give me the Bengals as underdogs getting points in what I think will be a back-and-forth game. Give me the Bengals, what I see as plus four and a half against Atlanta. Tampa Bay and Chicago, the over-under is 46 and a half. Uh, I'm definitely taking the under on this game. Chicago's played very good defense. 
they're not going to be able to run the ball against him, and the secondary is going to be able to hold up against Ryan Fitzpatrick, pick him off at least two times. On the other side of the ball, the Tampa Bay secondary is wrecked by injuries. I think Allen Robinson will have a good game, but really, you know, the quarterback play is so bad right now that you can't take advantage of the matchup. So I'm definitely taking a lock on the under for Tampa Bay and Chicago. Yeah, that's consistent with what you've been saying all week long, right, Scott? Are you saying that you have not seen it in Mitchell Trubisky and the impact on the rest of that offense, whether it be Trey Burton, whether it be Tariq Cohen, you know, maybe Allen Robinson because those cornerbacks are so banged up, right, for Tampa Bay, but we haven't seen the offense. I know when we talked about your weekly rankings that you were down on a lot of the Bears, so it makes sense that you're going with the under 46.5. Also, that Bears defense continues to get pressure with Khalil Mack and has been disruptive. They will be at home. So part of this also, Scotty, has to be you think the Fitz magic is running out, huh? Yep. All right, fair enough. So we both are on an under. Scotty's on an under with the Bears and the Bucks. I'm on the under on Monday Night Football with the Chiefs and the Broncos in a divisional matchup. You like two favorites, Scotty. You like the Cowboys at home, given three against Detroit. You like the Seahawks on the road, given three and a half to Arizona and Josh Rosen. I'm on the Patriots. I think they get back on the good foot at home against the Dolphins, giving just less than a touchdown. And I believe Cincinnati keeps it close or has a chance to win out right in what I think will be a back-and-forth game against Atlanta. So there are our picks. Chargers for Survivor for me. Packers for Survivor for Scotty. We'll get Blewett's picks uh, on the next hour of Fantasy Sports today. He's already 0-1 on the week, though, with the under from Thursday Night Football. Scotty, um, big lines. There's a couple of big point spreads that I want to ask you about, okay? I have, you know, Chargers minus 11. I have them in knockout pools. We've talked about this. The uh, Packers are a big favorite as well. They're giving, at last check, nine and a half points. I want to ask you about the other big spread that I saw here. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are seven and a half point favorites against the New York Jets, okay? But here's my thing with this. The total is also very, very low, Scott, at 38 and a half. Okay, so if Vegas expects a low-scoring game, in those scenarios, seven and a half is a lot to give. You know, I understand with a shootout like, you know, the New Orleans-Giants game we expect to see or the Bengals-Falcons game that has high point totals. But with a total in the 30s, like 38 and a half, like we see with Jets-Jaguars, then seven and a half points would be a lot to give. How do you see this game playing out, Scotty? Jaguars, seven and a half point favorites at home. You think they win by more than a touchdown over Sam Darnold on the road with the Jets? I'm pretty much following your line of reasoning and going the under here. It's, uh, you know, the Jets offense, you know, that defensive line against that offensive line of the Jets, is, that, for one, that's a big mismatch. Uh, you know, the Jets, the Jets say one, one receiver, I think, you know, that could really challenge that secondary in Anunwa, you know, if he right. goes in the slot, you know, maybe he's, you know, he puts yeah. up some decent numbers there. They don't have the tight end to challenge there. Uh, on the other side, revenge game for Austin Safari and Jenkins, you know, maybe gets <laughs> to the end zone. But, uh, sure. you know, that Jets secondary. out of the end zone. Yeah. That Jets secondary, uh, you know, I think can certainly hold up. Fournette is not 100%. So, you know, this could be like a 17 to 13 kind of game. I'm taking the under. All right, fair enough. Hey, next hour on Fantasy Sports Today, we got my man Mike Blewett sitting in the host chair. Hey, we bring him in now for a couple of seconds. Hey, Blewett, I know yesterday you gave, gave out as, you gave out oh, as one of your picks. 
You gave out as one of your official picks. You're already 0-1 on the week, brother man. Terrible. You, were the, you thinking the under <laughs> on that game. Uh, I Terrible don't think pick. it went under, my friend, 38-31. Terrible pick. They almost went over in the first half. It was like 48 <laughs> at half. It was 28-20, yeah. And they I mean, mismanaged that. Cousins mismanaged the clock at the end of that first half, uh, blew it. Badly. Badly. The Vikings blew the end of that first half completely. I, You know, I should have bailed on it when with the amount of injuries to the defensive uh, both sides of the defense. So, whatever. I, I took a shot. I thought these teams might be a little bit banged up, but clearly uh, the Rams, I mean, you can roll out just a whole Rams team right now and be good to go. I was in a barn burner of a contest last night where the guy had Gurley and Cup and uh, Cooks against me. But I had Thielen and Woods. So I'm way down right now. But uh, I actually put up a couple of good points uh, with Thielen and Thielen and Woods. So I'm not like Scott always says; it's not over till it's over. And I at least feel better by the fact that I got decent performances out of my guys. But um, I we talked about it yesterday, Dane. Goff is probably the most underrated player in the NFL, and he proved it last night. Yeah, absolutely. Second Jared most. Goff. I think Philip Rivers is the the, the most underrated. <laughs> Fair enough. You got the the, old, the the quarterbacks in L.A. Maybe Rivers passes the baton to Jared Goff. Remember, and I think, and yeah. they made this point on the telecast. You know that when Goff and Wentz came out in that year, early on, it looked like Wentz was the guy and that Goff was the bust. But that's all due to two words, my friends, Jeff. Fisher, you know, and you see what happens like Wentz early on has Doug Peterson as his coach. Goff now gets a new system. You know, he gets weapons. They boosted that offensive line and now he's putting up 465 yards and five touchdowns. Um, you know, blew it. You know, we, you, you were off on the total on this one. I asked Scott earlier on in, the, uh, in this hour, if the Rams played the Chiefs, what do you think the total would be? If the Rams played the Chiefs, I think you're looking at close to 60. Would we get to the 70s? It, it would, <laughs> but it, I mean, it would come it's like down. like a Big 12 think, game. That's like, low. Let's say, they, say they set it at 59 and a half. Uh, very good chance it could go over. Vegas probably wouldn't set it above 59 and a half. And then the money would bring it down. So you'd feel good about the over if you were positive about it. It would probably come down, settling around 57 and a half or something like that. It's typically the way that goes. But um, – you know, Scott, I, the one thing I would say is I'm glad uh, I don't have Goff so that I didn't have to bench him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Goff, there were so had... many people on social media last night talking about how they bench Cup and Goff. But you can't feel bad about that, you know, because, you know, if you started Case Keenum or you started Calvin Ridley, you know, those guys could still produce big on Sunday and Monday. Totally I will good. say this, though, blew it. I benched Scott Calvin benched Ridley Goff. last week for Philip Lindsay. Oh, there you go. Scott benched Goff, but he had Kirk Cousins in. So, I mean, he's all right with 422 and three touchdowns also, though, Blewett. You good know? to go. You're good to go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that Minnesota defense is – I heard you talking about it earlier in the show. The Minnesota defense is just nowhere near where Mike Zimmer wants them to be, and they played very poorly last night. I thought Goff was brilliant, but it was exacerbated by the fact that they, they couldn't get any stops, Scott. Yeah, they they, – they, they, this team, you know, the reputation has been shattered in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. The offense bounced back and you know, came out came out well as I thought they would. You know, Kirk Cousins realized he was going to have to carry the team on his back last night. But, uh, you know, in the NFL, you don't want the quarterback 
carrying the team. It's a misnomer that the average fan thinks that the quarterback can carry a team to a championship. Complete teams win championships. It's got to be everything. Yeah, and, you know, Cousins played well. Thielen looked great. Diggs looked great. But Dalvin Cook, and we said this, Blue, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next hour. We said we were concerned about the usage of Dalvin Cook in his return, 10 carries for 20 yards. But at the same time— been out there. He shouldn't have been out there, but it was also just straight game flow, okay? I mean, in or, it, yeah. when you're playing the Rams, when you're playing the Chiefs, you're going to get forced out of your game plan real quick. And I was saying to Scott, you know, it, your, your normal back is not going to be on the field much. In this case, it's Dalvin Cook anyway, but you got to think about that when you're facing the Chiefs and the Rams. And that PPR back will be in the on the field getting more snaps than your early down He guy. didn't look that bad running the ball. It was just game flow. Yeah, so we'll talk about it a little bit more, Blewett, next hour of Fantasy Sports Today. Hey, Scotty, have a great weekend. We'll break down everything at week four, Monday, on Roto Experts in the morning.